Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome to episode 48, where we're going to talk about Midsummer. I had a little bit of a whoopsie in my last episode, I realized, because um, as you might already know, I like to pre-record my episodes and bulk record them, and I got the dates mixed up. Um, (laughs) So today um, is actually Juneteenth. So happy Juneteenth and happy Jubilee Day. And if you are curious to know more about what Juneteenth is, the Emancipation Day, or in my opinion, the true Freedom Day, then you can check out the previous episode all about Father Folk Tales, where I talk about um, epic dads um, from stories and folklore. Also, this week, I basically thought I was a week ahead of where I was actually, where everything was actually happening. Um, But this week is going to be the summer solstice, and that means that we get to celebrate midsummer. But if you're anything like me, I'd kind of heard that term before. And of course, I'd seen the as difficult as it is for me to watch horror movies. I watched Midsummer, um, that A24 film um, that's like horror. And I was able to get through that one. <laughs> horror movies, I can read horror stuff. I can read all kinds of messed up like firsthand encounters or like creepy folk tales or whatever. But and hear all sorts of ghost stories. But for some reason, whenever I see it on the screen, I can't handle it. I don't know if you can relate or not. Kachu has graced us with his presence once again. And so I'm glad I could capture a little bit of his purring recording. But I'm about to dive into more about Midsummer and some of its background. And so lay out in the sun, be warm, but say, stay sunscreened and moisturized if possible. And chill on out while I talk to you about Midsummer. So this is a Scandinavian pagan holiday. Um, of course, though, during the push for Christianity, which um, I've talked about how that affects folklore and pagan tradition in the past. But during the push for Christianity, um, it was actually adopted for St. John the Baptist's birthday, and it was like focused on St. John the Baptist. And so if someone has the Christian religion background, then um, they may celebrate St. John the Baptist's day, but ultimately it has pagan roots. In Sweden specifically, it's a humongous holiday. It's supposed to be celebrated on the weekend. So, um, and the reason for this is that parliament made it so that it would be celebrated during the weekend instead of during the weekday, wherever, you know, the actual solstice takes place. So it can range each year of being celebrated between June 20th and June 26th. 
some of the sim- symbolism behind it and some of the ways that people celebrate it actually reminds me of Beltane. There are these huge fires. There's the maypole, though it's decorated differently, and we'll get into that in a second. And it came from German tradition during the Middle Ages. Like during the Middle Ages, people brought over the idea of the maypole and it was adopted into Swedish uh, celebration. And you dance around it and celebrate the greenery that's lush and growing and new. What's funny to me, though, is that I was really confused as to why it was called Midsummer, because you'd think that, you know, the solstice is the beginning of summer. Yes, it's Midsummer is usually on the day or close to the summer solstice day. However, astronomers say that summer starts like May 1st. Um, And so this would be the middle of summer. And ultimately, you know, it would be halfway through that month and directly opposite of midwinter. So they're trying to focus on they they have that in mind. Whereas what I think is cool is that it's the longest day of the year and the shortest night. Um, And so I think that it's like, oh, we're in the middle. We're at this tipping point, this literal tipping point. So I think that's really interesting. It's definitely associated with nature being more magical and powerful. People will make flower crowns. They'll collect blooms. I saw this one kind of wives tale or folk tale where um, you are supposed to gather seven blooms, all of different kinds, or it could be different shades of color. So like if you gather a bouquet of roses, it needs to be seven different colors, or you could just go out and find seven different flowers and you sleep with the buds under your pillow. And that night you're supposed to dream of your future spouse or your future soulmate, which I think is very cute and totally reminiscent of like, you're supposed to wear your pajamas inside out and sleep with a marker under your pillow Hopefully, I'm not the only one who had this weird wives tale about this in elementary school. But if you do that, then you're supposed to like make it snow enough that you have a snow day. (laughs) I think that's so funny to me. And even though this isn't talking about a snow day, this is talking about a future spouse. I thought it was really cute that it's like this, like, who am I going to marry? Like, are we going to have school tomorrow? It's like giving that same kind of energy. Hello and thank you for listening. I am so excited to say that I now have a Patreon that you can go to. I'll make sure I include the information in the show notes. But I have multiple tiers you can choose from. $1, $3, and $5 tiers. The $1 Spooky Soul tier gives you access to an online Discord community that is filled with fellow Spooky Souls. If you want to talk about creepy, cozy things, you might be interested in that. The $2 Cryptid Creature tier lets you have that online community, as well as giving you early access to episodes, bonus content, and secret bonus content. And the $5 Kachu Cuddler tier, named after my fluffy, squish-faced kitty, lets you have that online community, early access to episodes, and the bonus material. But it also lets you suggest future episodes and I'll shout out your name during each episode. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. And I can't wait to talk to you more soon. In Sweden specifically, there are very particular foods that are eaten. Um, 
there are these fresh potatoes that are made a very specific way. And it was really funny because I thought like potatoes were South American and I didn't understand how they made it to Europe (laughs) or like so far north like in Ireland and stuff, I'm going to have to do more research on like the potato because it's really interesting to me that it is in other parts of the world that I wouldn't have suspected. Um, Also, potatoes are poisonous, which is weird that like every other part of the plant is poisonous. But someone was like, but you can eat the the root or the, the tubal or whatever kind of plant it is. And if you cook it, it's fine. It's like, who spent time to figure that out? But whatever. So back to the main subject. So uh, Swedish ways of making the potato has like lots of chives and garlic with it. Um, They also eat pickled herring. And it's so funny because this week is it's funny that I absolutely know what herring is. It is a fish. (laughs) It is a fish. Um, I was kind of like not arguing. That's not the right word. But like back in the back when I was a teenager, I heard the term red herring, meaning like you're distracting from the main argument or the main point by arguing about something else or in like the mystery genre. The red herring is like the person you are led to believe in the story as being like the culprit of some crime or some murder or something. And then you find out that that was just like a false alarm kind of thing. So it's like this false alarm thing. Um, And I was talking to a person about it this past week. And I was like, I wonder what that fish actually looks like. And back when I was a teenager, I thought it was I thought it was red heron, not herring. And then the person I was talking with was like, isn't it a bird fish? Isn't it a bird? I was like, no, no, no. So we we looked it up together turns out it's a fish and whenever you cook it it turns red or there's a type of herring but whatever that's my other other side note (laughs) about herrings but anyway they cook herrings and they pickle them um which is really interesting too because and maybe this is just the case for places that experience long winter months or colder climates but whenever we visited iceland my husband and i visited iceland Um, It was such an incredible experience. And I know I talked about that with the winter folklore. Um, I want to say part two. Um, It might have been part one, though. I don't remember because we went to go see the Northern Lights and we got to see it from the plane, which was just what an experience. But um, the reason I bring this up is everything there was pickled and it was really, really good. But there was like a lot of food that was pickled. And I wonder if that's like, I know that's not technically a Scandinavian country. I think it's Norden. It's like considered a Norden country. And then let me double check that. Yes, it's a Norden country. But weirdly, Sweden counts as Scandinavia and Norden, which is very cool. But it's interesting to hear about how the herring they eat in Sweden is pickled specifically for midsummer. Because it could just be a taste thing. But also with the warmer weather, like, are they taking out reserves is or is it just like pickled to taste? It's just the way that food is made. I'm very interested to know more about that. So if you know anything about that, feel free to email me or comment because I am I'm really interested in like the whole pickling process. Um, I think it all started with my sister who loves canning and I've just loved the taste of it. And there's so many different flavors you can make. So I'm a pickle person. I was about to say I'm a pickled person, but does that mean you like drink a whole bunch? I don't know. Today is clearly a pretty intense 
ADHD day, um, if you can't already tell. Um, and it's not because I'm getting off track, but it's because my association to things is reminding me of other things. So sometimes I think about my brain like a tree where the trunk is still there. And the thing I talk about is related to what I'm the main point is. But the little caveats are like the little branches, but they all go back to the trunk. So let's return to the trunk. Another thing that they eat for then dessert are these fresh strawberries and whipped cream. And it said that the strawberries in Sweden have a very specific taste, apparently. Um, I wouldn't know because I'm allergic to strawberries, so I cannot eat them. Um, Another little branch off point that I just think is important to know is that I'm allergic to, and I'm saying this not for my own sake, but just so that in case you have something similar than you can know, or if you know someone similar than you can know, I'm allergic to strawberries, very allergic to kiwi, like that's very bad, and roses. And I brought that up at like a doctor's appointment once, and there was a nurse that was doing the intake or whatever. Uh, This was years ago. And she was like, are you allergic to latex? And I was like, Oh, um, now that you say that, yeah, I am. I just don't think to do that. And I was like, how did you like, what made you say that? And she said that roses, kiwi and strawberries are all related to it, to each other, as well as latex, like, because latex comes from like a plant, um, or a tree or whatever. So I thought that was interesting. But I guess you're gonna have to eat all the Swedish strawberries on my behalf and I'll just like live vicariously through you because I cannot eat them even though they smell really good and they look really cute. Um, But then there's lots of like toasting and drinking and for every new toast the person is supposed to like initiate singing like a drinking song where they use like a similar melody but then they make up new lyrics and the article I was using, which of course all the articles I use will be linked in the description, it said something crazy like if you were to take all the the little singing songs or the the pub songs, well I guess that's more Irish, but if you were to take all those songs that were recorded, this these aren't even the ones that are made up on the fly like how you're supposed to do it in that moment, but all the ones that are like written down and kind of well known that someone could sing one song after the other and it would take like 32 or 37 years or something crazy like that. And of course there are these fun games. Um the article calls them quote garden games, such as croquet and the sack race, end quote. I used to play croquet at my abuelita's house and she I I just she would set it up for us um and in case you don't know how to play croquet what you do is you have like a ball like these little balls that kind of look like um like billiard balls they're like that kind of like heaviness and you have a croquet mallet um that mat with like little stripes that match your colored ball I think I forget how many people can play but a whole bunch of people can play And you have to hit the ball through these different little wire arches that are teensy and you hit them through that each one. It's kind of like a mixture of like putt-putt golf, like mini golf, but with much larger mallets and much larger balls and you play it in the grass and it's very fun. I used to feel so fucking fancy (laughs) when I played croquet. I thought I was the shit when I would be like... people would be like oh like cousins would be like what are we gonna do today and I was like let's play croquet because I'm a cultured person (laughs) 
like there i even had like these dress up like white gloves and i put like white gloves on like what what an extra child i was still am my inner child is still extra <laughs> but um if you've never played croquet it's a lot of fun but there's a bunch of other garden games i don't really know what garden games are sometimes i feel like in the um sometimes i feel like in europe the term garden is used for like a yard um so like yard games, I guess, outdoor games. Um, then uh, what you can do with along with all the other festivities is you can dance and hop around the maypole. And there's this one particular dance where you sing about being a frog or you sing about frogs. And it's supposed to be like really fun and really cute and silly. And some people will even wear folk costumes to honor their ancestors, which I mean, you say the word ancestor and I am so there. I am like curious about it. I want to know more stories about it. I want to know what kind of person they were, like what was going on, what led to this moment of like their lineage and and shit like that. So I am so here for it. So whenever they dress up in folk costumes, one, they're super beautiful looking, the embroidery, the flower crowns, like so beautiful. And then um, in honor of ancestors, I always think that's, I almost always think that like honoring ancestors is like a whole thing that's really beneficial and helpful and just like a lovely thing to do. Um, And speaking of the maypole, instead of it being like pink and green and things for spring, like for Beltane, um, instead it is decorated with greenery, vines, everything is like just green, 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 which I love. That's my favorite color. So, well, green and purple, but still beautiful. Um, And it just is like this really cool holiday that coincides with nature. Like I welcome the summer and people will welcome the summer and enjoy the longest day of the year. And then there's also this like anticipation of magic blooming throughout the night because it's such a magical night. I know I personally am thriving in the warmth and sunlight. I'm just like soaking in the vitamin D. I've I, there's just like this very specific type of happiness that happens where I almost like shudder with happiness whenever I'm out in the sun. Um, and I know that's not like the best or healthiest thing for my skin to do, but God, I love it so much. Um, my me and the Babo and my husband and even like the the all the dogs because. <laughs> you know, I'm crazy and I have four dogs and I love them so much. Um, and we all just like romp around outside. Uh, my baby of course is like obsessed with bubbles, but just this past weekend we got a water table. Oh my God. That kid will not stop playing in the water table. It's so cute. Um, But it's just wonderful to bring everyone outside. You're just like soaking it all in, having fun celebrating summer and like the warmth and the light. I hope that you had or will have a lovely solstice and I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. 
If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.